Welcome to May I Interrupt, an iCare roundtable discussion show sponsored by Oculus. Each show, we explore questions in the world of eye care and other topics of interest with leading experts in the industry. We do this in an irreverent, but hopefully funny manner. I'm Craig Norman, and I'm joined by my friend, colleague, the magnificent, witty, and yet to be a winner on this show, Dr. Jason Jedlicka from Indiana University College of Optometry. Jason is known throughout the world as an expert on contact lenses, topography, lens design, and his inability to win. Correct. I'm Jason, not time to interrupt just yet. Good morning, Craig. Hi, buddy. How are you? <laughs> okay. uh, so, um, Jason, are you ready to take on today's challengers? Uh, wow. Well, I'll take them on. I think, but, uh, you I think know, this you could know how be the I'm day. Fare, so, yeah. uh, you know, I dreamt last night that you won. Yeah, that's about the closest I'll get, probably. Yeah. Might be. Might be. So, we, we have two great guests. Uh, Dr. Crystal Breimer graduated with a Bachelor of Science in Biology at the University of North Carolina at Chapel Hill, uh, Tar Heel, and uh, earned her Doctor of Optometry from the Southern College of Optometry and is a Fellow of the American Academy of Optometry. Dr. Breimer's been in practice in Wilmington, North Carolina, I believe the home of Michael Jordan, if I'm not correct. Absolutely. Excellent. Craig gets a point. Um, <laughs> And for the past 20 years, uh, has had a special focus on contact lenses and dry eyes. She's been involved in numerous uh, clinical trials and is highly sought after as an author and a lecturer. And she's also the owner of Crystal Vision Services, an ophthalmic uh, equipment company uh, and practice management company. Uh, Dr. John Shackett is our other guest. It's really great to see John's face. He's been involved in the eye care industry for about as long as I have, so let's say more than 40 years, uh, since opening his practice in Sentinel, uh, Colorado. He served as a clinical investigator for numerous studies on contact lenses, uh, corneal refractive therapy, dry eye treatments, and more. He's also a widely sought-after lecturer, uh, and he has the ability to bring insight both from a clinical end and from a technical end. Uh, if you've been paying attention over that last few decades, uh, you've seen or heard John uh, or read about him as he's been contributing an editor to really all of the magazines that uh, make sense for us uh, in the eye care field. So here's our format. I'm going to ask questions uh, and we will get responses from each of you. Uh, approximately, it's going to take a couple of minutes, two to three minutes for each of these questions. Uh, and if you provide something interesting, again, you'll get points. Uh, and other than that, we really have no rules except for the may I interrupt part of it. And you'll learn how that works because Jason's personality will make that happen early. He'll be rude. He'll interrupt. And then right. You know, I interrupt a lot. So. See, right there. Especially Craig. Right there. I mean, I might not interrupt you guys, but I will definitely interrupt Craig. So, yeah. so we keep points here. And, and the idea hey, is to Craig, get a lot of points. Can I, can I interrupt? Okay. How about I'm, this? You look good today, Craig. Is that no, what you're no, going to no, say? I, okay. I was thinking about saying that, but the reality is when you guys, when you're like drawing this parallel between you and John, I was thinking, you know, he doesn't look like he's been in practice nearly as long as you. <laughs> so 
You just start with the minus, Jason. Exactly. Well, we can, oh, I see. This is the time because I'm at zero. I can't yeah. go any further down. Yeah. Oh, good. The rules. So, Crystal, you've picked up on it. They're called demerits here. And, you know, he is the leading demerit scorer yes. throughout the episodes that we've had so far. He's never really started out negative like this, but, uh, you know, I guess. First I time. I think, I think when John Gellis was on, John got a lot of demerits, too, so... Uh, I see. I see. You can't, you're not mad enough to take just that on your own. You got to blame it on somebody that's not here. Uh, yep. Exactly. Okay. As long as you're good at something. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. We All haven't right. figured out what that is yet though, but. Let's get started. <laughs> Our right, first right. question. And we traditionally start with Jason. Hope he can get a couple points on the board before, right. you know, he loses. It's and my so, head start. So there's a lot of noise, a lot of interest in dry eye today. And what I'd like to have you guys do, each of you in the time that you get allowed, is to convince the audience and me why the eye care practitioner should really embrace this as part of their practice today. Jason, what do you think? I get to start? All right. Well, I mean, I think that, um everybody's looking for a way to differentiate and everybody's looking to get less uh, dependent upon, you know, third party and whatnot. And I think this is something you can build a specialty around and uh, it's obviously a great service for patients. And um, I don't know, I, I, I feel like it's something that um, fits optometry really well. Um, the, the treatments for it are, you know, non-invasive and for the most part, and, uh, the equipment is something that integrates already with optometric equipment. And so I, I feel like from that perspective, um, it, it blends naturally. It's something that a private practitioner is going to have the patient base already in their practice to develop. It's not something they have to go find patients or recruit patients or market to certain patients necessarily, although they can. Um, I just think it's a natural place for people to start to to build something in their practice that is interesting to them and um, enhances their practice. Personally and excellent. So I'm back to zero now? You are. You're at okay. zero. You're even for the day. Perfect. I'd sum it up in, uh, you know, get on board or get left behind, because if you're not doing it, they're going somewhere else. Now, that doesn't mean that everybody's doing it well, and when you embrace it and you go a little deeper, then you get the outcomes, which gives you the revenue, but more importantly, the fulfillment. I have so much fun. Can I keep going, though? Is that okay? Okay. I I have so much fun with dry eye and I think it's because I've got to think. You know, yesterday I was putting all these pieces of the puzzle together, and it was just... It, it makes it worth doing because you know that someone else may not give the time or the effort or, or the skill to it. And so that you're, you're proud of those outcomes and, um, and, and the technology's fun, you know, I brought IPL in and allergy testing and just other things where, again, you're not flipping dials. Every day is a little bit different. Every case that comes in a little bit new and, and different pieces of the puzzle you put together and, and you feel good because you're able to do it. So, Crystal, you live in um, Wilmington, North Carolina, as we said. Is that near the water? Oh, yeah. Okay. Is it on the water? It's it's right out there. I don't know if you can see oh, it. But... Okay. okay. But it's so, good. It's... So, in, in that environment, you know, is dry eye a prevalent condition? It is. You would think not. You would think that John would get the points for this. Exactly. 
right? No. <laughs> it's, I mean, that's all I do anymore. It's 100% of my practice, and I get referrals from all the surrounding practices because they either don't want to deal with it or haven't gotten the outcomes they want, but it's very prevalent. Okay, that is great. Well, why, don't people, why don't people want to deal with it? I think because they're so used to trial and error and throwing something at it and that doesn't work, give it back, let me try this, let me try this, that they get frustrated because I don't think that's the way to do it. I think there's another thing too in there, if I may interrupt here on this, uh, I think that it has to do with the time element that's involved because it does take time. Uh, you know, it's not something that just comes naturally. Uh, it, there's a, a definite time element. A lot of people just either don't have the time or don't want to take the time. And I think the, the latter is the one that really is the, is the issue. Um, you know, my feeling is much like what I heard uh, Jason, you and, and Gary talk about when it came to myopia control. I mean, why not do this? I mean, you're helping your patients. That's, that's the biggest single item when it comes to this is that the bottom line, yes, yeah, sure, it always helps your revenue, but that's not really the reason to be getting into this. Uh, I started into this uh, dry eye uh, arena, be, well, 30 years ago this year. And um, I mean, I hate to admit it, that's a long time, but there wasn't much either known or no one really cared much about dry eye back then. And we really had to sell things like plugs of all things. If you remember, Craig, back uh -huh. in those days, I mean, that was the big deal. And um, we didn't have anything else. That was what we were trying to get across. And even that took time and a lot of people didn't want to learn it. So it's been an evolving process, uh, but I, you know, I've heard Crystal say this a number of times too, that, and it's, it's 100% right, is do something. These people are going to end up going somewhere else. If you don't take care of them, they're going to find somebody else that does. Yeah, definitely. Hey, Craig. You know, you know here, yeah, go ahead, Craig, Jason. Did you, um, I'm sure this was back in your era, but... Did they used to make plugs out of stone? Did they chisel them out of stone? And, they did. They did. It was light farm body sensation. Yeah. It, uh, <laughs> it, it was really uh, uh, difficult until, you know, my buddy Da Vinci worked out some of the details. Right, 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 right. And then, you know, at that point, things got much better, easier right. to handle. And you could actually put one in with one hand rather than two hands. I read that in the history books, right? Yeah. Yeah. Excellent. <laughs> Excellent. You know, I did want to comment. Of course, I live in South Bend, Indiana. I was part of an ophthalmology group for, you know, decades. And when you look back on it, the dry eye treatment that we utilized for so many years was a handful of different lubricants in, in artificial tears and say, here, try these. And, you know, if you find one you like, maybe buy another bottle. But Which Craig, seems insane that's still happening. That's still Let happening. Let me interrupt. You know, yesterday, a patient comes in, and she's seen five doctors, and I'm like, okay, what have you tried? List it out here. All I have here is artificial tears. And she's like, yeah, that's all they gave me. Yeah, that uh, that is fantastic. So, John, in particular, going back to the question I asked Crystal, she's in a more humid environment. You're in Colorado, right. directly the opposite. Do you, do you go about the treatment regimen differently do you think compared to what crystal might be doing i think at one time we probably thought we did uh, we would call ourselves kind of the dry eye capital of the world you know then all of a sudden I, i've got a place in arizona and i realize you know there's a tremendous amount of dry eye there 
And then, of course, the other aspect is in uh, preparing all of the work that Crystal and I have done together. Uh, you know, here she is in a human environment, and there's plenty of dry eye there. So I, I think it's, it's really no different. Uh, people, though, uh, when they come in, they will say, you know, I lived in uh, uh, New Orleans, for example, and I've just moved to Denver. And I really didn't have many problems there, but I seem to have them here. So whether our environment, not just the fact that we're a mile high, but the fact that we're a mile high with lots and lots of pollution at the same time, all of those things play a role. But I think the underlying problem was there to begin with. It doesn't make any difference where you it, are in the country. It was internal, John, right? Because it's yeah. it's not just where they're living, it's what they're doing to their bodies. The device, the medications, the systemic disease, the diet, the lack of sleep, all this stuff. Um, and also, I think the allergies, because people say the same thing. I'm, well, I lived in Colorado and I was fun, and then I came to Wilmington. <laughs> and well, now that's it's, true. You know, that's really true. That's what gets us. Because there's always in every environment a new set of of some type of allergen there that's going to be a problem. There's no question about it. And, um, you know, one of my closest friends is an allergist here, and, and definitely we've discussed a lot of these types of things. And, you know, people, when they first come to a new environment, uh, it's like having an allergen present for the first time. doesn't really bother them, but when it continues to present, then all of a sudden they have those issues. And I, I think it just makes them more aware of the dryness that they're feeling at the same time. Okay, that is great. Hey John, that um, that that helps. I, I just learned a lot because I always wondered why when I was around Craig, my eyes were so dry. But now <laughs> I realize it's noise pollution. <laughs> it makes perfect sense. Pollution, diet, what he's putting in his body, all of those things. Are oh, is that no, okay? But I wanted, wanted to blame it on Craig, but okay. So Jason, do you have anything to wrap this first segment up? You mean Besides that valid silly, points? That silly comment? Uh, well, um, no, you know, I, I do have a couple of comments, but I'm going to hold them off for the next point because I think we might touch on them anyway. So Okay. Let's give them a point for holding it off and not yeah. really boring us. That's my best bet is to... Yeah, <laughs> okay. So let, it, let us round this up for this first segment. Crystal, five points. John, four points right there. Could have probably given you another one, but... Nah. <laughs> Jason, two points. Both of yeah. which just happened in that wrap-up, by I the way. I love it. Hey, Craig, by the way, you look great today. No, there's three. <laughs> there's three. <laughs> Can it come back? <laughs> okay, great. Thank you very much. Very interesting. Really, really uh, quite interesting. So, so let's move on then. And we have a couple of different ways we can go with this, but... Um, I'd like to, to start with where do contact lenses fit in with dry eye management? You're both known as contact lens people also uh, and, and experts Mind in that here? area. And well, I said people. You said both. Oh, both. Don't leave John out. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Jason made it funny. First one in four episodes gets a point. <laughs> Come back. Okay. Oh, so, John, let me start with you, if I can. Where do, are you know are contact lenses part of the problem? Or are they you know really part of the solution, or both? I think both. Uh, they certainly can be part of the problem. And again, it's how a patient interprets it. You, you uh, 
as I said, we've had people that move from these more human environments, no matter what type of lens they're wearing. They say they were able to wear them 15 hours a day, and all of a sudden they're down to eight hours a day, and they're not comfortable for eight hours. And when we start investigating the underlying issues, it's not necessarily the contact lens. It's what's in the ocular environment uh, beside the contact lens. And even if they were to go without those lenses, um, they're still going to have the problem in this particular environment where they're living now. And that is a, a, a true uh, statement all the way across the board. So as far as whether contact lenses exacerbate it, uh, I think maybe it makes people more aware of it, but I don't think they really do exacerbate the problem. Now, having said that, if in fact uh, you have a, a you know a, a poorly fitted lens, that may be an entirely different situation. Um, but the truth of the matter is that most of us, uh, you know, when we get patients that come in, I mean, we've got good practitioners out there fitting lenses well. That doesn't seem to be the issue, but they really overlook that dry eye aspect of things. Mm -hmm. That's great. So like Crystal, for instance, you have this category of dry eye, right? And then there's this category of contact lens induced dry eye, right? That just happens with the contact lens where that wear soft contact lenses and it's really an issue with that. Do you handle those two situations differently from each other? Typically no, because I think they, they all have an underlying dry eye element. Even if they were to stop their contact lens wear altogether, it might reduce their symptoms temporarily, but it's still stewing. They still have structural issues, even if they're asymptomatic at that point without contact lenses that need to be addressed. And, you know, to John's point, he said that sometimes it exacerbates the, the symptoms. Absolutely. But I think on the flip side of that, sometimes it delays diagnosis. Had one yesterday. She wears a monthly lens, and yet she walked in the door, not terribly symptomatic, but zero glands. One of my top three most naked lids. <laughs> um, and I think that part of the reason she didn't start hurting sooner, and she's hurting pretty bad now, but it was because of that daily covering, you know, it was, it was acting as a bandage lens to some effect. Okay. That's interesting. Jason, what do you think? Yeah, I, I loved this. I mean, I was taking so many notes as you guys were going through this. Um, I, I totally agree. I think, um, I think contact lenses don't necessarily make it worse, but chronic misuse of contacts can and solutions and things like that. And uh, one of the things that, that we'll teach at the school is everybody, everybody that walks this planet is on the dry eye continuum from zero to 100 somewhere. Really? And uh, some of us are further down the road than others. And when you put a contact lens on your eyeball, you immediately move down the scale toward more dry eye. Um, and, and how far you move down that scale depends upon how good the fit is, what solutions you're using, what material you're in, et cetera, et cetera. I could put a premium daily lens on a patient and barely bump them down that discomfort road at all. Or I could put a poorly fitting lens with a bad multi-purpose solution combination for that lens and a bad fit and push them all the way into significant symptoms. So, you know, I think my approach to dealing with dry eye patients who are contact lens wearers is the first thing I do is to make sure their contact lenses are optimized and then reevaluate where they are on the dry eye spectrum and see what needs to happen. Because I don't want to embark down a treatment 
plan when the conduct lenses are causing a bigger part of the problem than they need to. It's just, you know, again, it's, it's, they're not going to come out of their lenses necessarily. So let's get them as lens neutral as we can and then really reassess the true dry eye, which is not contact lens related, and then go from there. So, but I agree that the wearing contact lenses, no question, it, it decreases corneal sensation. It allows you to um, put up with dry eye maybe longer in some cases before you intervene because you're less symptomatic until it gets to the point of, and then once you do start dealing with it, uh, I think it's a longer road back because of the context. So, I mean, I love context. I'm not down on them in any way, um, but I do think that being smart about how we prescribe them makes a makes a big difference. And I think we're often too cavalier with how we prescribe soft lenses. Yes. I, I agree with you too on that, Jason. I think the other aspect is I, I remember back many moons ago when I was in optometry school and I had a professor that basically said, anytime you put a contact lens on the eye, you're going to induce a low-grade pathology. I don't think he was referring to dry eye because dry eye wasn't really even considered to be an issue back then. But the fact of the matter is that uh, it is an issue. And uh, I, it just, if you don't have a well-fitted lens, uh, no matter what, you're going to be in trouble. Um, but even with the best looking lens in every possible way, whether it's a soft lens or whether it's some form of a rigid lens, whether it's a scleral lens, it doesn't make any difference. Um, if you have those underlying dry eye problems, you've got to get those fixed. And the practitioners that ignore that and just simply work on the contact lenses, ultimately that's going to fail. Yeah. Excellent. Excellent. If I can interrupt, I think that what we're all saying, but haven't actually said the words, is that when it comes to dry eye and contact lenses, there's a much bigger obligation on our part for the patient education part to, to make sure from the beginning they understand and, and are limiting their wear time and all those good things. Excellent. Can I build upon what John was saying and, and ask you, Crystal, do scleral lenses fit in here anywhere at all for the normal non-pathological cornea? that has dry eye? I think some patients definitely get symptomatic relief wearing the scleral lenses. Mm -hmm. Okay, great. Jason, anything to add? By the way, Jason, I just wanted to say, when we record again, we're going to do it early in the morning like today, you're significantly smarter in the morning. It must be like a downhill ride from here. Mm, yeah, yeah. You're probably Not right. Wine. By the way, John, I was going to ask you, that professor you mentioned in Uptown School, was that Craig? <laughs> good, good one, Jason. Uh, so, um, so you made me uh, laugh twice today it's amazing first times for everything so i agree with crystal i think scleral lenses uh, are for the patient who has dry eyes who's intolerant of lenses otherwise but wants to wear them at least occasionally i think they are great and so if you want to you have a patient who's got a prescription where they want to be able to pop in contacts for social occasions or something and uh, they can't put in a soft lens, it's just unbearable, so sclerals are great. Now, the key thing about sclerals is they are not fixing any, any dry eye problem at all. They're not a cure for the disease. In fact, we, we call it, um, instead of ocular surface disease, when you're wearing a scleral, you have scleral surface disease. And it's actually probably worse than if you didn't wear the scleral because the, the scleral lenses 
is uh, it's a piece of plastic, so that's not good for the lid wiper. And, uh, you know, it, it's pushing out the ocular surface by 600 microns, and it's popping open your lids wider to more, have more surface drying. So in and of itself, the sclera lens is not helping the dry eye at all. It's just keeping the eyeball underneath the lens much healthier, which is very beneficial in a lot of ways. But there's no way we can say that, well, I'm going to treat this dry eye with a scleral. It doesn't, you're not treating the dry eye. You're, you're making them less symptomatic. You're giving them vision correction with comfort, but you are not dealing with the dry eye necessarily other than to heal the cornea that suffered from the dry eye. Right. Uh, I think, go ahead, Crystal. Sorry, John. Um, but then they may have more partial blanks and then less oil getting into the surface. So in some ways you might be healing the SPK and the cornea, but in, in the long run, putting less oil on the surface. Yeah, oh yeah. I, I just recently um, had a patient a few months ago who came in um, and with some dry eye and scleral issues, and, and her, her lid wiper under her lid was bleeding from being so raw from rubbing on the scleral. So, again, it's we just have to be real careful that when we manage dry eye patients with sclerals that we educate them that this is giving them relief, it's giving them vision, but you still need to do all the dry eye therapy otherwise that you would, if not more. Well, you know, the key to what you just said as far as managing with a scleral, I, I don't think you can necessarily do that. I think the first thing you have to do is to manage the dry eye. In other words, you know that most of dry eye in my Bohmian, you know, gland deficiency of some sort, lid problems, you know, such as a low-grade blepharitis or even more grade than low, uh, those are critical issues, and we have to be able to manage that first then we can look at what's going on with the scleral lens at that point. But if we just try to make changes in the sclerals, redo it, do this, do an adjustment here, an adjustment there, it's still ultimately not, it's not going to work. Yeah, I would, I, would just, I would just say to that end, John, that if I had a patient who came in with OSD that was severe enough that their vision was actually reduced from keratopathy, um, I wouldn't hesitate to get them started with sclerals even as we're dealing with the dry eye. Now, if they don't have reduced VA and, and their ocular surface is not at risk, I agree, I would wait and do all the other treatments first because you may not need the scleral lens by the time you get done with all of that. Okay. Okay. Excellent. Um, that was a great session, really. Uh, and. Um, I want to just recap the scores, if I could. Um, Crystal, you have eight points. You were leading. It's I'm maybe so there's a chance for a comeback in our final segment. <laughs> John has ten. Boop, boop. <laughs> John is hanging in there, and uh, he's really on top of his game today. And, <laughs> and then, there. it's even earlier there than it is here. And Jason, that's right. the first time ever going into the final round is leading with 11. Wow. Because I'm funny today, Craig. I'm I don't know if it's you at least. you're funny or because our contestants are a little weak today. That's what I was worried about. <laughs> hey, what guys, do you want from us, Craig? I, I want to officially apologize for Craig. <laughs> <laughs> it's not the first time he's had to actually do that. True. Okay, before we go into our last segment, this you know, I'd, I'd like to ask our guests um, in particular about instrumentation and stuff in the office and, and you know, where 
in a couple of brief words, the uh, Oculus instruments might take place. And, and Crystal, I'd like to start with you. I noticed that you um, utilize the um, dry eye package uh, relative to uh, the keratograph and the Jenna report. How can you talk a little bit about how that works? It's the cornerstone of my practice. There is, I cannot imagine doing what I do without the, the, the 5M. And I use it, it, and one, just on a side note, within my three minutes, um, one thing I advise all people starting out is to screen every patient. And they have a beautiful screener on there that lets me do uh, tear meniscus height and either interferometry or non-invasive breakup time and redness. And then the patient gets a nice report and it's great for conversion into a dry eye eval for those patients who might not be as symptomatic. But when they come back for the dry eye eval, you know, I'm able to collect all the data and go through my categories to explain to them what's wrong. But but the most useful thing is putting that nine picture collage up there and I can say, you know, we're a little bit low on water. Look at the lid margin. See how those glands are puckered up. That oil's not getting out. There's no color in this tear film. The tears are evaporating quickly. You know, here's the long-term damage to the glands. Here's the, the toxicity in the tear film and the, and the inflammation and redness it's causing. And all of a sudden it makes sense to them, whatever it is I'm asking them to do, because there's a reason behind it. And that creates the compliance, and then the compliance creates the outcomes. So without it, I feel like there's no way I could get the outcomes that I get because that understanding and that motivation wouldn't be there. And then when they come back to me, you know, I, I, can, I can look at that and say, oh, my gosh, look at this color. This is beautiful. And I get them excited. And, and just yesterday, I, I had somebody say, for the first time, I've got hope. It was a 5M and me explaining which, what we were seeing there that gave her the hope. That is an excellent tip. And, you know, especially with the ability to not just show them something, but it can be a takeaway at the same time you know, mm -hmm. for them. John, get, do you have anything to add to that at all? Well, I, I totally agree with Crystal. I, I think that the Oculus 5M is invaluable. And any time that we're lecturing on this and talking to our colleagues, uh, you know, we need to let them know that if they really are going to embrace a dry eye treatment, they need to also embrace dry eye diagnosis. And uh, the best way to do that is with the Oculus 5M. It, there's nothing in the market or on the market that it even comes close to what you can do with it. And it's not a commercial, it's absolutely a truism. Mm -hmm. And yeah. on top of that, um, as far as building referrals, I send that report back. So I use the crystal tear report instead of the Yenvis, slightly biased, but only a little bit. But um, it has the pie graph that tells them how they're doing. It tells them what test we did, what their score was, the definition of the test, and then the, the treatment specific to that category. So we hand that to the patient, but we send it back to the referring doctor. And what that's done is it validated their referral. So constantly I've got patients in the chair who say, my doctor referred me to you because you have the equipment for this. And it's the, it's verbatim. They say it over and over. And it's that 5M that kind of established that in, in building validity to what I do. Okay. That's fantastic. Um, I, obviously. I get a point for it? I mean, come on, Craig. You, you're <laughs> well, you know, dormant on the dings. Okay. You convinced me. See, it's, it's the begging that works. Oh, good. <laughs> apparently so. <laughs> yeah, apparently so, exactly. Okay. 
So I think John go. did a good job too. He should get a point. <laughs> and, sure, why not? Hey, do I get to say anything to get a point? And yes. yeah, frankly, how about this? Stay quiet for 30 seconds. Boom, you get a point. So let's move on to the last segment. And this segment is the fun segment. So we got past the, the uh, eye care part of this. Uh, and what we'd like to do is to just ask you that, of course, you guys have had the opportunity because of your lecture skills and your expertise. And Jason, I'm counting you in this now also, you know, to be able to travel not only across North America, but across the rest of the world. So. Crystal, I'd like to start with you and, and just ask you, um, what is your favorite place you've ever traveled to that was related to lecturing? Uh, and then we'll ask John the same thing, and then we'll ask if it was ever together. <laughs> <laughs> well, I got to credit John for this one. I think my favorite trip was last year in June on Sea Vision. And so we were together on a boat, and I, he can tell you every little destination much better than I can. And so I'm going to dumb it down. You know, the boot, we started at the top, up at the knee sock, and then we went all the way around to the other side. So we started in Venice, ended up in um, Barcelona, but it was the Amalfi Coast, and it was Tuscany, and um, where else? Uh, Croatia, and oh my gosh. It was beautiful. Even in bad weather, it was beautiful. That was my favorite. That's I love a, Italy. It's a hard gig to match. It is. It is. He can match it, though. He was there. But it may not be his favorite because he's been in more places. Yeah. John, what about you? Well, I think I have two. I, I, that one definitely uh, was a favorite, no question. In fact, it was the second time that we had repeated that sea vision uh, simply because uh, it was such a great venue. And um, it, there's no question about it. I mean, Italy is fantastic. And I, I think the way, we, uh, the way we did this in terms of our education, we always had that on board the ship and then free time for everybody, you know, once they were somewhere else. And so we did a lot of this together. It was a, was a, a really great time. Uh, the second one I, was just this last year, uh, prior to all of this COVID-19 stuff was in South Africa. Uh, we went on a safari and uh, we did uh, some cruising there, which wasn't all that wonderful, but the safari was uh, absolutely primo in every possible way. And again, combined it with education. So uh, our philosophy was when we started Sea Vision, which was 25 years ago, that uh, we wanted to have a venue where we could have a lot of fun, but still get some education in the process and be able to obviously write off whatever we were doing. If the IRS was listening, that's what we did. <laughs> you know, so it was, a, it was really a, a great thing. And we had wonderful speakers, very much like with, we had Crystal several times on there, and it, it was just, uh, these have been great events. I thought well, it was always about the golf. Uh, you know, this time, no. Uh, in fact, I don't ever, well, I shouldn't say that. One time, I remember, uh, in the Bahamas, I think, playing golf, or maybe it was Bermuda, I don't remember, but one of those. But otherwise, no. Um, no, golf had really nothing to do with any of this. Yeah, that's wonderful. Now, Jason? you mentioned that the CE started at like 
536 in the morning. So <laughs> it wasn't so bad because everybody was asleep and you, you know, it's kind of like just a rehearsal sometimes. Yeah. yeah. That is great. But, but I got to say, as far as the states, Dry Eye Institute, uh, it starts today and tomorrow. We're doing our weekend retreat and it's Wilmington. Not many better places in the states. Yeah. Interesting. Jason, what about you? Do you have a favorite? Yeah. I'll, I do actually, and it's the same as John's. Um, three years ago, I guess, uh, spent uh, 10 days in South Africa. Um, not only was the, uh, thanks to the Conduct Lens Society of South Africa, um, the conference was great. We, had, we got a tour of Johannesburg, Pretoria. We had three days at a golf resort where they had reserved the entire resort with all the villas, and we had beer tasting, gin tasting, live music at night, and we had, um, then we went on safari for four days to a private lodge. Um, and it wasn't just that it was a great experience, it was just that the people there were as uh, great, friendly, accommodating as any people I've ever met in the world. So, um, Well, I agree with that, just, Jason. Yeah. I agree yeah. with that. Just the best hosts and hostesses you could ever want. So um, if you ever get a chance to go to South Africa for a conference, I highly recommend it. That's fantastic. And for any of our viewers that are young and trying to get their career started and want to lecture, uh, we would strongly advise find an area of expertise, become really good at it, and you too might be able to see the world. Uh, because the, there are conferences everywhere today. And as soon as we get by this stay at home crap that it will you know, open up once again, and uh, truly, uh, you get a chance to see see the world and see so many things you couldn't do in any other situation. Mm -hmm. So we're going to wrap this up right now. And to Hang do on a that, second. all I want to know is, I want to know when I get to go on a cruise, John. So <laughs> well, I'll, be watching my, I'll be watching my inbox in the next. All right, no problem. He gets a point for pleading. Yes. That, that it's, it's, it's good at not, that, you know? It's not manly. But, if I can't you know, make any valid points, I have to try to get points other ways. Yeah. <laughs> excellent, excellent. So um, I'd like to wrap this up at this point. And Crystal, do you have any comments to make in closing relative to today's discussion on dry eye and managing in the practice? And All I would say is it, it, I've found what has been the most rewarding um just i feel like i'm able to give a service that i was never able to really give before and fill this need um for patients who are just miserable and i multiple times throughout the day i'm just thankful for what what i do and i don't know that i felt that before you know i, I kept getting bogged down by the burdens of running the practice. And now it just feels so much more in balance because I see changes in them and their quality of life because of being able to treat dry eye well. So I encourage you go in all the way. The, the people will come and you'll never regret it. Yeah, that's really insightful. John? 
Yeah, and Crystal's right. Uh, if you're going to do this, do it right. Uh, there's no question about it. It's important. If you don't, you need to refer to somebody that does take care of dry eye patients. Uh, they are the most grateful patients in the world because they've lived with many of these issues for decades. And uh, they've talked to many doctors about it. Most of them do that little brown bag approach where they start throwing all kinds of drops and gels into the bag and say, here, try it, see what works. And that doesn't work at all. Um, the only thing that I would say with the technology that we have today, which is so far superior to what we started out with, which was almost nothing, uh, that there's no excuse for not taking care of these patients and not doing a good job. The one thing that I would say when we go back to things like the slit lamp, uh, as we start looking at our diagnostic routine, make certain absolutely certain that you look at the lids first when you start to look at the patient because so much of it is identified right there and that is a big deal it really is no matter what your routine is no matter whether you go in this all the way or just part of the way and you have certain tests that you do just make sure that that's one of the things that you include there and, and then have a routine that you that you know you can not only do on a regular basis, but modify if you find that it isn't doing the job that you need it to do. Excellent. Excellent, John. Thank you very much. And you needed that point, by the way, at the end with that last tip. Oh, I did. Jason. <laughs> okay, otherwise, I would have had to beg. <laughs> I would just say um, the, the, the real, you know, we talked about the treatments, and the treatments for dry eye are growing the options. That's all good. But if you're really not doing dry eye and you want to, um, before you invest in a lot of treatments, you probably need to invest in the diagnosis part of Absolutely. it. You have to get the right diagnosis first before you can even think about the treatment. And moving from this whole business of dry being this subjective complaint or subjective diagnosis, you need to move as far to the objective as you can. Because as everybody's already said, A, it's, it allows you to show patients when they're improving, even if they don't feel it. And a lot of times that's the case, right? It takes sometimes a long time right. to undo these things so the symptoms don't go away overnight. And as you can show them improvement without necessarily them feeling it, they trust you and, and they'll comply. So move, moving towards the diagnostic and the objective is the key to making this work. So. And Jason, if you're going to get serious about this, really, uh, I'm going to put in a plug for Crystal's Dry Eye Institute, because mm -hmm. I know what she's doing there, and uh, anybody that's attended it has just raved about it, and I, I'm, I'm certain that that would be the case for anybody. Thanks, John. Okay, well said, John, well said. Okay, I want to, first of all, wrap this up and show you the final scores. Jason, close, no cigar. Um, 14 for Crystal. Pretty good. Very good. 14 for John. Oh, nice. That last minute. And plus he <laughs> gave that little plug to Crystal. She won't mind that there's a tie now. Jason, 12. Eh, I'm proud. Proud. Well, I am too. I'm actually quite proud of you also. You're showing some growth. Yeah. And, you know, with the, given a little time, you know, maybe maybe you'll get into second place well this was a, it was a strong topic for me today i could actually contribute so yeah actually guys it was a fabulous topic area today this was really quite educational uh i think there's a lot of tips for everybody that was uh or is going to watch this 
uh, and to learn about dry eye, dry eye management, this underlying disease process. I thought paying attention to that. Jason, I didn't give you any points, but your uh, comment at the end about making it objective, I think is right on the money also. Uh, didn't want to give you the points. It might go to your head. You might get a little closer to all that <laughs> stuff. But Can I say something about that? Because I'm thinking mad at myself if I didn't throw this in there. So, Jason, you said make it objective. I harp on that all the time. Think about the screening. I never use surveys. And the reason is when that patient comes in, I don't want them to think that the things I, I, I recommended or saw was based on their feelings because then they'll say, eh, it's okay. Or they feel better and they stop. But when I use that 5M screening report, it's exactly what you said. It's making it objective. It's about the structure, not your symptoms. And that made her the winner. Wow. Uh, oh, nice done. That. Well played, Crystal. <laughs> really well played. <laughs> that uh, wrapped everything up perfectly. I love it. So I want to thank all three of you for today. Again, as I said, it was really fantastic. I want to thank Oculus for their ongoing support for May I Interrupt. Uh, these um, uh, episodes are shown on YouTube, uh, on the Oculus YouTube channel. It's also available as a podcast form off of iTunes or wherever else you download uh, your podcasts. Uh, thank you guys very, very much for the opportunity to to be involved with this today. I'm really the winner here. I get to spend a little time with the experts. Uh, so thank you very much. Uh, and John, at this point, you can start worrying about exactly making that tea time. Absolutely, I'll make it no problem at all. And Craig, it's been a pleasure. Thanks very you much. Bet. John, Crystal, Jason, thanks everybody. Thank you, Jason. Thank you, Craig. Thank you, Love you, John. Wouldn't rather be here with anybody else. <laughs> thank you. I agree, Crystal. <laughs>